Radio. This podcast contains adult content. Some of the themes or topics may include information on murder, kidnapping, torture, dismemberment, maybe some demonic content with information on positions and paranormal activity. This podcast will also include explicit, horrible, and foul, socially unacceptable, totally uninhibited, adult themes language. So if you're easily offended, if you're easily triggered, then I highly suggest you turn this off now. And if not, just keep in mind, parental discretion is advised. All right, so this is a little bit of a different episode. Um, this is a collaboration episode with a podcast called The Tales We Tell. It's a great podcast. Go check it out. Highly recommend it. They have a lot of different topics that I know you guys would be interested in. And as you know, I'm a solo host, so when I have the chance to work with other podcasts and cover certain cases, I like to have fun. So in this episode, there is some banter. We do have some fun, but it's still a great episode, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, On the next episode, I will be thanking new Patreon subscribers, and I will also be reading reviews. So, I hope you enjoy the episode, and go check out the podcast, The Tales We Tell. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm starting super early because George was born in 1914. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me let was... me introduce you guys first. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about that. <laughs> and then Sorry. We, <laughs> we are so ready. We're really ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, on this episode of Mysterious Circumstances, and obviously they're going to be sharing it on their feed as well. But <laughs> we got the uh, the group from or the ladies from the Tales We Tell podcast. And why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself and tell us what you guys do. Oh, uh, I'm Hannah. And I'm Katie. And <laughs> Hannah's the uh, researcher, writer, and host. And I'm the person that shows up to her house every week, drinks a glass <laughs> of wine, and makes silly jokes and incredulous reactions to some of the crazy stuff she tells yeah. me about. You're and the moral you predict support. a lot of stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm really good at predicting uh, the endings of things or future events and She's basically really, ruining things. She just predicts my next bullet point. She'll ask a question. I'll be like, give me one second. I'm gonna, that's my next <laughs> point that I'm going to say. <laughs> I can read your notes in the reflection of your glasses. That's, that's my secret. <laughs> probably a bad job on the glasses then. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we host The Tales We Tell. It's a podcast about spooky stories, unsolved mysteries, and local lore. And we've been doing it for about a year. So just over, just over a year. So no, you like it so works. far. I love it. It's everything I wanted it to be. It's yeah. been really fun. <laughs> you know, it's, it's been a nice, fun, like regular thing or semi-regular thing. It's yeah. <laughs> and, uh, always learning something new. I love learning. So, and I love things that aren't, uh, I like a reason I needed like a good hobby. So it was like the nine to five was getting a little bit draining. And so this is my distraction from that. So. I enjoy oh, it. Yeah. yeah, that's all right. Yeah, but thank you for having us on. We really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. No, I'm always happy to work with other podcasts that 
share like the same interests, which is my podcast covers like all kinds of different shit. So it's like yeah. seeing podcasts come out that do the same thing that can tap into different genres. It's always nice yeah. to see because you're not backed yeah. into a corner with one specific you yes. know, topic yeah. to talk we about. Like that. Yeah, we, we definitely, definitely cast a wide net. Yeah, we if we could have uh, gotten a longer tagline, <laughs> we probably need it because literally anything that's I don't know creepy or dark or mm-hmm. disturbing, I'll just I don't know. Yeah. We talk about a lot of dismembered people and you know weird stuff, weird so. creatures. Yeah, uh, anything weird creatures. I don't know. Creatures. It's funny your um, the name of your podcast is perfect for this episode mm-hmm. because when I've been telling people about it about like the story, I'm like yeah well. It was actually very mysterious circumstances <laughs> under which he died, so... That's a fucking Perfect. true story, though. It's pretty weird. I know. There's a lot of weird information, and some of the shit doesn't add up. So I've been wanting to do this one for a few years now, and I took a poll in my in my Facebook group, and I, I gave them, I said, do you want... Because they wanted more famous people. So I was mm-hmm. like, well... I had, I said the only two I can really think of offhand are are uh, Jimi Hendrix and George Reeves, and everybody voted for Hendrix. So I was like, well, <laughs> well, screw <laughs> was, you guys, I'm doing this. Uh, yeah, and the fact that uh, we're releasing this, you know, a week after the fact, it'll be oh, all there right. You go. <laughs> we still give the people what they want. Just yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the stuff they didn't slide, want too. Slide little curveballs in there every now and then. Oh, man. All, All right. right. You, so you ladies want to get us started off? All right. Well, like I said, I do way, I don't know. I just, I look into a million different things that probably don't have anything to do with it. But well, context, is, context is super important in a lot of fucking, context is important. a lot of different scenarios. So this always, is true. always go down those holes, man. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give like the abbreviated background. So George Reeves was born in 1914 as George Brewer. And his stepfather adopted him, and so he took his stepfather's last name, which was Basolo. That's how I'd pronounce okay, it. Okay, Basolo. He got his start in film in 1939 in Gone with the Wind. He was a theater actor, so he did a lot of theater acting. Um, he got signed to Warner Brothers Studios, and then he got signed to 20th Century Fox, and then he did some freelance stuff. And then 1943, a little thing called The War happened. So he got drafted into the army and he performed in like the army theater, I guess was a thing. Yeah. Um, and then there was something called the army air forces first motion picture units. And I actually have a fun anecdote about this because, uh, George Reeves <laughs> starred in, um, training, some videos. training videos. One of them is called sex health. Nice. And I am very sorry to say that I've watched that. How'd and that it's turn available. out for you? It was, well, I was watching it with my parents. Probably life-changing and, <laughs> and scarring all at once. Um, it's very graphic. There's a lot of um, male anatomy that I maybe wasn't expecting to see so vividly there. And there's a, a lot of interesting advice on how to prevent STDs. Um, there's, a, there's like a 12-step process that you're supposed to do after you have sex. It involves going to your local like health department and getting some injections and, and washing with some and mercury a, soap. A medicine bidet. It's very, <laughs> it's very upsetting. Um, but George Reeves was in that. 
He didn't play any major roles. He was just a guy watching the film within the film. It was very meta, actually, for for the 40s. (laughs) Um, I also forgot to mention, he got his name, his last name, Reeves was like a stage name, I guess. Yeah, I was going to mention that when he signed with Warner Brothers, Warner actually renamed him. Yeah. They were like, we don't like Basolo. No. It's not marquee friendly. (laughs) And then it was in 1951, he got offered the role of Superman in the new TV series, which he didn't want to take initially because it was TV and he didn't think anyone was going to watch it. Um, But he took it and ABC bought it and he became an overnight success. One of the first actual color television programs, too. Was it ever actually aired in color, though? So I think... I think when it originally aired, I think, you know, if you had a color television, mm-hmm. it was in te- it was in color. Uh, but I think a lot of people did not have color TV at that time. So, you know, a lot of people probably saw it for the first time in black and white and then saw it later when it was in color and they thought it had been colorized. Yeah. That was a fact that I read. <laughs> I watched the episodes in color last night. So on the DVDs, they're, they they're were in color. in color. <laughs> Um, that's not the mystery here, though. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I will say one of the things that stuck out to me, well, two things. The first is all of the cast members on, of the Superman series had to sign contracts that kind of tied them to the show exclusively with given 30 days notice. So they weren't able to work on, like, major films or other TV shows because the agreement was if the production company gave them 30 days notice, then they could kind of snatch them up. And so a lot of the actors didn't like that because it kind of limited them. And then also the production was famously very cheap. (laughs) And so they would make the actors wear the same outfits in all the episodes so that they could just like cut together different scenes and they would film all of the scenes like in one location at once. And then my favorite is the flying shot that they use of George (laughs) is very, (laughs) uh, very, subpar it's just him you know with his arms outstretched and then they said they used that like people would notice that they would just use that for longer like they were just trying to take up time in the show so they would just extend the flying scene a little bit um and then the other thing that stuck out to me is that george took his kind of role model status as superman really seriously he quit smoking he kept his private life pretty discreet and um, I read that he had a sign on his dressing room that said, Honest George, the people's friend, which I thought was... And just... then after some publicity tour in Kentucky, he was an honorary colonel. So it was <laughs> Colonel George. <laughs> colonel George. Oh my gosh. Okay. So very quickly, George had a hard time kind of finding some, finding other roles after Superman because he was typecast. And at in 1951, he started a relationship with Tony. Is it Mannix? Yeah. I don't know we're saying her name. Okay, cool. She was married, um, which I, wasn't a big deal for her. She was married to Eddie Mannix, who was an MGM executive. That and, sets your delicate sensibilities, yeah. I can tell. Well, I mean, I don't know. It was like part of the whatever. But as we as we discussed, it was part of the drama. As Katie and I discussed earlier to make sure we were on the same page. Eddie and Tony had kind of a open relationship. open relationship. So I think Tony had, or Eddie had some girlfriends and Tony was allowed to have her boy that she kept. <laughs> boy, boy. 
<laughs> I, actually, boy toy. I actually read that they used to go on double dates together with their I heard that too. Um, yes. With their lovers and, and some, shit too. <laughs> and sometimes would travel. And I love how it was uh, explained that when they traveled, the Mannixes were first class. Their sexual playthings rode coach. <laughs> I read that too. I'd be kind of pissed about that. I was just like, isn't also, that degrading as shit though? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, maybe that's why he broke up with her. I don't know. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> um, I also had to ask while I was doing my research, and I was at a bar when I was doing it, and I said, what's the female version of a sugar daddy? Because I don't like sugar mama sounds kind of... But that's what off. it is. It's sugar that's mama. Is there not is, another though. term for it? Yeah, sugar it, mama, it is. All right. All right. Sugar well, mama. she was a sugar mama. <laughs> and... <laughs> Big time. She uh, bought him a house. She yeah. did. She bought him a house. She bought him a car. Um, vacations closed. She called him the boy, which I think is kind of cute. Because she was eight years older than him. Oh, yeah. She was eight years older. And I also read that it was a very loving relationship and that there was an expectation that once Eddie kicked the bucket that George was going to marry her. I read somewhere, which I don't know how true this is, that they lived together for a time, but that might have just been she bought his house and she would stay there when she wanted to. I think that was it. Yeah. Uh, Superman was canceled in 57. George broke up with Tony in 1959 and immediately started dating a young socialite. Or, Katie, how was it put? It's like a nightclub hellion. Uh, there's, I found some very colorful. Uh, I found one that said a coffee house socialite. I was like, coffee that house socialite. Funny. Yeah, never oh, heard Lord. of that before. That kind of makes it sound like she's a like a. I've got one. Okay, the headline hungry gold digger. There we go. Headline <laughs> hungry gold digger, <laughs> Lenore Lemon, <laughs> and George and Lenore quickly became engaged, and Tony was not happy about their breakup. And did some harassing harassment that I am going to save for my later arguments. (laughs) Uh, But Tony didn't take it well. She kind of harassed George. He had to take out a restraining order. And that, I think, brings us to June 16th of 1959. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Which was three days before their wedding. Alleged. Their alleged wedding? (laughs) <laughs> there was some people that don't believe that there was actually a wedding planned or like they were like I, I saw a lot of places it said honeymoon in air quotes as in like I don't know, there were some people that, that we doubt. heard nothing about some this. People, hmm. Some people I agree though. Some people said that she was just saying that because to basically make herself look better because uh, of what actually what some of the things she said that night. You know? Oh, I gotcha. You okay. know, because she I don't know. Some of the things she said, she sounded like a total asshole, man. You know? Yeah, she didn't come off great in this. Nope. No. But, uh, <laughs> it's pretty mm. bad. And the sad thing is, is like, I love how they were going to honeymoon in Tijuana and Baja. Because it's like, I've been to Tijuana several times back in the day. Why the fuck would anybody, like, I don't know what it was like back in the 50s in Tijuana, but in the early 2000s, dude. Ain't nobody going to go honeymoon there, you know? <laughs> yeah, that did not make my list of honeymoon cho- choices. <laughs> For sure. Well, okay, so June 16th. Okay, take us through that evening's events. All right. So George and Lenore are at dinner with their friend Robert Condon. Mm-hmm. I'm terrible at pronunciations, by the way. So <laughs> no, if I fine. look at Katie when I'm saying things, it's because 
she has corrected me multiple times, and so I'm just like, mm, check with you. Well, there's been episodes where you say a word correctly, and then you say it incorrectly later in that same episode. There's also been times where I have said a word incorrectly, and you've let it go the whole episode, and then you've corrected me at the very end. So, just checking myself <laughs> here. fucking cold-blooded. It's like, hey, by the way, the last hour you've been saying that wrong, just to let you know. You fucking idiot. And then it'll be like a regular word that everyone's supposed to know, and I'm just mispronouncing it, so... It's fine. Okay. So George and Lenore get into an argument while they're out, but all three of them end up back at George's house, which is the Benedict Canyon home in LA that Tony bought for him. George goes to bed. He's much like me. (laughs) He came home and was like, I'm done with this. Going to bed. And then Robert's girlfriend, Carol Von Van Ronke, um, who was married, so, like, his mistress. To Rip, Ron- Rip Van Ronkel. <laughs> yes, sure. Like, Rip Van Winkle. Uh, Carol comes over, and then the neighbor, his neighbor named William Bliss, who wasn't really friends with anyone, just, just kind of there, tagged along. So they come over, the group starts drinking, they start getting a little loud, so George comes downstairs, and he's like, Hey, you kids, shut cut the fuck that up. <laughs> trying to sleep. <laughs> And he, when he goes back upstairs, he was allegedly in a bad mood, which understandable. He's trying to sleep. And then around 1.15 a.m., all the guests said that they heard a single gunshot. William, the guy that no one really knows, goes upstairs and finds George laying across the bed, face up, naked, with his feet on the floor and the gun on the floor between his feet. And there was a single bullet hole in the right side of his temple. They waited about 30 minutes before they called the police. And when the police got there, they said that everyone was super drunk. (laughs) And it took them forever to get a lot of good coherent stories from them. So, um, did I miss anything on that? No. Anyone? You know. Any other uh, small details are going to (laughs) be covered in the uh, discussion. Um, I'm just going to run through the physical evidence that was there real quick. And then... Well, first... Okay. One of the reasons we're talking about it is because there's debate on whether it was a self-inflicted gunshot wound, suicide, or if it was just right. it was someone ruled. else, if it was a murder yeah. or It was officially ruled a suicide. So we're taking different sides today. Yes. True story. <laughs> what do we think happened? Um, I'm fully convinced that he was murdered. I'm also fully convinced that he was murdered. And Justin definitely believes that it was suicide. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely <laughs> lean towards murder, but there are a lot of arguments <laughs> that people bring up for it not being a suicide that I kind of went through and and looked at. And like some of them are, are pretty legit and a lot of them are not. My whole theory on the suicide thing is when George Reeves went upstairs, I mean, he was mm-hmm. his blood alcohol level was 0.27. So George right. wasn't exactly sober at all either. <laughs> And, um, so Lenore apparently after their argument and he came down and started bitching at everybody and he goes back upstairs. And I mean, before he went back upstairs, he had apologized for, for the argument and shit like that. And he actually had a drink while he was down there before he went back upstairs. So he goes upstairs. He kind of mellowed some. Yeah, exactly. Lenore said, oh, he's just going upstairs to shoot himself. And then they hear a noise, which is suspected to be like a drawer opening. And she's like, hear that? He's getting the gun. And then you hear the single gunshot and everybody's Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck? You know, 
So, and uh, she was like, don't worry. He just shot himself. It's fine. She's a exactly. witch. <laughs> now, you also hear, like, one horrible thing, like, I hate when researching cases like this, is you have a lot of third-party information. Mm-hmm. And yeah. People with inserting this one, themselves into the case. Exactly. You had one writer back in the day who, um, you know, he's like, well, I heard from this person that – Tony was actually, or not Tony, but uh, Lenora was actually upstairs when the shot was fired, and she ran downstairs and told everybody to tell every, you know, say I was down here, say I was down here. Yeah, and yeah. I get that, but that's also like third and or fourth party information, so it's yeah. hard to con- like none of the witnesses there who were drunker than fuck even yep. slipped yep. <laughs> up on their stories, you know, like. Another thing uh, we should point out is there were two gun hole or gunshots that were in the floor uh-huh. of that same bedroom, and right. at least one of them, uh, Lenore actually admitted she's like, no, that was me from earlier on when he first bought the gun, because uh, he she was messing around with it and it went off. Yeah. So she put a hole in the floor. She never explained the second hole. But they also had a tumultuous, super tumultuous relationship. Uh-huh. So even though they were quote unquote gonna get married and shit and yeah you know george always she sounded was a real like, stable yeah she's not a stable yeah. person she didn't even go to this dude's yeah. fucking what? funeral man you know what yeah. i mean like, red so, <laughs> william bliss is an interesting character though i will admit that because <laughs> yes. like nobody knew who the fuck this guy really was yeah <laughs> he just kind of shows sketchy. up he kind of shows up and then he kind of just disappears off into the night too. Yeah. Like yeah. you don't really hear from him or about him again after well, the witness day. I actually have him as being the person who person that told like the other person that Lenore said all that shit about tell him I was tell him I was down yeah. here. Yes, so exactly. he did kind of weasel his way in to be like, Yeah, <laughs> maybe Lenore was upstairs with him. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I heard. Exactly. Set the spotlight on her. <laughs> yeah, this crazy bitch over here. <laughs> well, the one bad thing right. that I didn't like is that after later when investigators discovered the two gunshots into the floor, they never re-interviewed any of the witnesses. Like, once it was mm-hmm. dubbed a suicide, and the body was straight up fucking cleaned and embalmed by the time it got to the coroner, too, which is kind of fucking Yeah, weird. yeah. You know, That's so it's strange. like, you know, what can you do? There were, there was a pathologist, I can't remember what the fuck his name is off the top of my head, but he actually looked into the case uh, in the 80s, it was either 70s or the 80s, because there were pictures from the autopsy and the the coroner's office or whatnot to where he had bruises. George Reed said Mm -hmm. a bruise on his forehead and he had another one on his elbow, but at the same time, when he shot himself in the head, it was a contact wound, which means the barrel was legitimately up against his head. Mm-hmm. And depending on the recoil of a Ruger, that particular Ruger, the fingerprints thing doesn't really screw me up too much because um, you see the same thing with uh, the death of Kurt Cobain. You know, obviously something happened. There was no, there was no fingerprints that were identifiable, but that's because of the recoil had actually smudged the fingerprints. So I'm honestly curious to know like whether or not the fingerprints were actually smudged or whether there were just none, like no trace of any anywhere. And I couldn't really find anything to like specify that, you know? 
Were you the one that pointed Katie? Sorry, I really <laughs> no, listeners cannot see us when I'm gesturing towards other people. We talked about the... I had read that the reason there were no fingerprints is because the gun was recently oiled. Yep. And I think you exactly. were the one who asked, yep. was there any like residue from the oil on his hands? Or yeah. Was so, that something that... That's a good but question. I mean, if they didn't test for gunshot residue on his, <laughs> on his hands yeah. or body at all, or on the gun itself... Yeah. Uh... Then they sure as hell went checking his hands to see if they were a little oily. They did. I mean, they cleaned the body before yeah. they. <laughs> and that was the thing, too, is the, the gun residue. People are like, there was no gun residue on his hand. They, they didn't, didn't start actively, like, looking for that shit until, like, late 1959. It was, like, a yeah. rare occasion when they actually did. So to say it's hard telling and whether I... the LAPD actually or the cops actually looked for it. But his body was cleaned. Yeah. <laughs> like... Well, I think also because when the cops arrived, it seemed like such a, you know, right off the bat, such a clear cut case of suicide that why would they bother testing for gunshot residue when yeah. it, clearly he shot himself? But I, I also, the way it's described is how he was found and the gun. I actually have problems with that. Yeah. And it's not just because he was laying on top of the shell casings. Okay. What are your other problems with it? The gun was found between his feet, which were on the floor. Uh-huh. Now, unless it was like he was laying back and his feet were just kind of like resting like heels on the floor. Mm-hmm. I'm envisioning they're like kind of planted on the floor. So like right. if you're sitting and you shoot yourself, you'll fall back. Right. And you'll probably still have your feet on the floor like if you were in a sitting position. Right. But also, I don't think that your hand is going to drop the gun between your feet. Mm. It's more likely going to be out to your side. I actually tried to look up the probability of because i thought that the gun would still be in your hand and so i tried to look up the i don't know like what happened i have some really sketchy google history right now that's like what happens to the gun when you shoot yourself (laughs) and um i'm gonna let my therapist know about it it's fine (laughs) but everything it was it was very kind of 50 50 is like 40% 40% of the time, the gun is not in your hand. 30% of the time, it is. And then, like, the rest is undetermined. Like, we can't figure it out. So, it kind of just, I, I think know. it depends on, like, the recoil of that particular gun and mm-hmm. also probably the position of where you're holding it. And right. so, this was in his temple. Mm-hmm. So, it was out to his side. Mm-hmm. So, I'm thinking it's either going to fall down. You know, either onto the side, like onto the bed, right, or potentially on the floor by his feet. But it, everything I read always said it was between his feet, right. Which yeah. I just thought was really strange because whether you're sitting or standing, if you're shooting yourself in the side of the head, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem very likely that it's going to fall between your feet, right. That makes sense. I agree. I also took issue with the fact that he was naked because, yep, I don't know. This is all speculation, but. To me, if you're if you're a famous figure and you have taken your role that you are unfortunately typecast into, but you've taken this role very seriously, and you're gonna being a role model and looked yeah. up to, like you you wouldn't want to die in such an undignified manner. Yeah, I kind of think that there would be a little more thought into how his body was found. So I, can agree. I think he was going back to bed and he was naked and someone surprised him and shot him. Well, you know. see, here's the deal with that. With that, all right. I'm glad you brought up the shell casing because if you extend your arm with your thumb facing up with your right hand 
And Mm -hmm. the natural way to hold a gun to your head is actually not to, like, bend it towards you like this, but just to Mm -hmm. bend your elbow. Uh, So the shell casing is actually going to eject towards your back as opposed to in front of you. So I can see how he laid. He was laying on the shell casing. I can kind of see that. With the dropping of the gun, I don't know if you're holding mm-hmm. it if you're holding it that way. I can yeah. kind I could see it maybe hitting his leg and falling between his legs or something. Yeah, I can see that. All right. But good, good counter argument. Right. <laughs> but I guess part of it is here's there were no signs of a struggle. And if somebody's going to mm-hmm. kill George Reeves who was a fucking judo guy. He was into boxing. Yeah. He was a wrestler. He was uh-huh. getting ready to wrestle like that next week. You'd think this dude was six foot two and he was fucking strong. Yeah. You know, he had boxed Big previously. Guy. He's going to fucking fight, just, man. You know? Even though, yes, he had the blood alcohol of 0.27, he's. Again, a big guy who was a known partier and drinker, so he probably had a pretty high tolerance. So, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah. not like you're fighting off a drunk buffoon. Um, yeah. Hey, sometimes drunk big people are, I mean, sometimes that makes you stronger. Sometimes the alcohol makes it more, Get a little makes loud, it harder. Get a little aggressive, you know? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. It I happens. definitely do not get loud or aggressive when I'm drunk. <laughs> or belligerent. No, oh, not at all. Man. Never. I did um, last weekend. Shit. <laughs> it's okay. Katie did what? Last night? No, that was my husband. I had to drive his drunk ass home. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Best Fiends. I spend all day looking into unsolved crimes, historical figures, sometimes paranormal stuff, and every now and then I need a break from all of that. So when I need a mental palate cleanser, I play Best Fiends. It's a really fun, casual game that you can play right on your phone, and any age can play. I play it with my kids sometimes. It's fun for me because it's challenging, and there's so many characters with new levels and events coming out every month that it never gets old, even if I have a couple of hours to kill, or if I have a spare 15 minutes. And one of the best things is you don't need the internet to play. The colors are amazing, and definitely keep your attention. All these characters can power up and get better abilities, and you try to match which of those characters are best for each level. You can see your rank against your friends, too. I'm up to level 150, and it's so fun it really didn't take me long to get there. So engage your brain, collect all these characters, and start playing. With over 100 million downloads, this 5-star rated game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free in the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Uh, well, also speaking of him, you doing the wrestling matches, anytime I read about like the unexplained bruises on his face or arm or whatnot, that's also where my mind kind of went to is that it mentioned that before they went out to dinner and drinks that he had had a uh, practice session with his buddy, uh, Mr. Bell, I believe. Yeah. I think the name of the wrestler. But anyway, um, yeah, he met up with a, for a practice session, so I was thinking it's possible that the bruises came from that wrestling session. Yeah, and one thing, too, is the, the wound on his elbow was already healing, like it wasn't a fresh wound. It was already yeah. scabbed over and healing. And the one on his forehead, um, the pathologist that I was watching, he said that uh, when the shot entered George's skull, 
it cracked his skull like an egg. So the trajectory of the actual wound was going more upward, which would suggest his the natural bend of the arm, you know, the gun technically being like upside down against his head. But and that would explain the shell casing behind his back. But uh, he said that bruise was more than likely from the bullet bouncing in there after it cracked his skull. And it kind of created that little knob bruise, like right on his forehead or whatever. I always forget that people look very different, like on the morgue table. Like your face looks usually pretty different, like when you're dead. I don't know, just all the things. Especially if you've been shot. I mean, yeah, especially when you've been shot in the head. (laughs) But I'm just saying, I'm just trying to make a point. Um, also, Katie, whose side are you on here? Because I feel like you're arguing against me. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I've got her roped in, dude. Here's, that's what's I know. going on I would, right now. I would... <laughs> no, I don't think it was suicide. Well, here's another thing that, that we got to bring up that will make you think twice, too, is uh, everybody's like, well, he was depressed. Superman was canceled. He was typecast, so he couldn't find any work. Da 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 da. He actually got a call that day that Superman was starting back up again. And he was start getting ready to start that wrestling career. So he had, and he was going to be directing episodes of Superman as well. So he was going to yeah, be having yeah. money coming in, coming in. So it kind of yeah. contradicts the whole fact that he was so super depressed and, you know, that the show was over and all this shit. But, yeah, you know. And that's one of the things that we discussed because in, you know, one article, it was very heavily on, like, he was so depressed. It was a career slump. He didn't, he wasn't happy with being typecast and he wasn't happy with the roles he was getting. He wasn't, have, you know, didn't have any money and yeah. this, that, and the other thing. And it portrayed him as very depressed. And then there was another article that, yeah, it was like, yeah, no, he wasn't happy with it. But, you know, this is his co-star saying that he did enjoy this or he was working on this project that he yeah. was very excited about. And people who have, you know, plans and things that they're working on and are excited about a lot less likely to commit suicide. Yeah. yeah. The one thing that also, the one thing that gets me about the suicide too, and uh, sorry to interrupt is that uh, a couple months before this, he was in a car wreck and yeah. he had a pretty big laceration on his head and it hit the frontal lobe. All right. So, we know that affects the decision-making. Not to kind of set forth more of the, the suicide argument here, but um, the the plain fact, this, this argument goes both ways because uh, I guess the mechanics found out that somebody had cut his brake lines, and supposedly Tony Mannix was the one who had that organized, like had his brake lines cut because mm-hmm. this chick was crazy as shit, right? So, like, but given, given that injury, like he was in the hospital for several days. That's how bad his, his head injury was. Now, looking back in time, like we're in 2021, you know, we have a lot more scientific data now when it comes to like frontal lobe injuries and uh, concussion protocol and shit like that. And he had a big concussion, big laceration in the hospital for several days. So it wasn't a very light injury. So that does affect the decision-making. But at the same time, like I said, it's an argument for both ways because supposedly the brake lines of this dude's car was cut. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what the fuck? So somebody was after <laughs> that, Yeah, that was going to be my next point is like, we have all of this like speculation about like where his head was at and all this stuff. One thing we do know for sure, despite all of the like, Unreliable witnesses and stuff. Crazy, jealous ex with ties (laughs) to the mob. Yeah, Yeah, he had a crazy ex who was not happy that they broke up. 
And her husband was like the fixer of MGM Studios. And he was like, his job was to like make problems go away. And if George was suddenly a problem, also, there's rumors that Eddie, uh, Tony's husband, had had his first wife killed in a car accident when her car had run off the road. Eddie obviously wasn't like jealous of George or anything, but I would assume that Tony kind of had access to his connections. I think Eddie didn't have a problem with George. Tony was upset Mm -hmm. and Eddie didn't like his wife being upset or hurt. This is true. Either that or Tony was like, Hey, I got a situation. I need you to come over here and take care of this (laughs) shit or have somebody do it, you know, fix it. Yeah. Um, did we already talk about the... The 4.30 a.m. call the, yeah, to the call. Lois Lane? Nope, but I was um, going to ask you guys about that. <laughs> okay, so... It's another one of those he said, she said yeah, third-party so issues, but... Phyllis Coates, who's hmm. the original Lois Lane, she told... It was, authors of a book called Hollywood Kryptonite, which apparently is like, whatever. <laughs> um, she said that Tony had called her at 4.30 in the morning, the the very morning that George died. So two and a half hours after he was shot. Yeah, after the police showed up and, like, it's mm-hmm. official. And she said, the boy is dead, he's been murdered. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I guess if you believe it, I don't know how she would have known that soon you could take that both ways like you could take that as her not wanting to believe that he had killed himself but mm-hmm. i mean trust me i don't trust tony mannix like as far as i can <laughs> throw that woman i truly do not yeah no and she could have like it, said it that be information that. before they got they got like the official ruling or whatever yeah that's true but it also took them a while to call the cops too and yeah that was one weird well, they had to sober thing. up and get their story straight yeah yeah <laughs> I think because uh, William Bliss was, like, such a sketchy, weird guy, my personal theory is that he was not as drunk as everyone. I think he was maybe pretending to be as drunk as everyone else, but I think his role there was, like, show up, get the party started, you know, crack open, be the one that breaks into the liquor cabinet, like, suggest the drinking games, like, let's get it going, and then he's, like, the distraction, mm-hmm. and then he's conveniently the one that finds the body. He might have been the one that said, wait, let's not call the cops yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like there's a theory that he actually, like, distracts everyone at the party yeah. to allow the, you know, hitman mm-hmm. in to take care of George. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about it, and, like, if these people are that drunk, I mean, if George's blood alcohol was 0.27. Theirs have got to be around the same range, too. I've been at parties where things happen, like, right in front of me that I don't even notice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That I've been that distracted. I was going to say, someone could tell you, oh, yeah, that guy walked up the stairs earlier. And someone else could be like, no, he didn't. And if I'm drunk enough, I'm like, okay, (laughs) I don't know. Just seeing things, I guess. (laughs) Well, that also makes me not agree with the uh, Lenore saying, oh. He's going to go shoot himself. Oh, he's getting the gun. Oh, no, he just <laughs> shot himself. Because even if it's just four people, they yeah. might have you know, the record player going. Or if they're just like that drunk, it's probably pretty loud and raucous. And like, there's no way they're going to hear. They're not just going to be sitting there silently looking up yeah. to try to hear a <laughs> yeah. small noise yeah. come from the ceiling. Well, also, she apparently re- kind of redacted that or said that it was like a made up conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think officially she has said that she thought George committed suicide because 
he was depressed over his career or something. But meanwhile, she absconded to New York City a few days later with four thousand dollars in traveler's checks. Yeah. Oh, I didn't read that part. Yeah, mm. and didn't she bother showing for up for honeymoon. his funeral, even though they were getting ready to yeah. get married. <laughs> and I also read that Tony didn't show up to the funeral too. Yeah, Tony didn't show oh, didn't up either, that. man. Neither yeah. one did. Which good grief! And he left all of his estate to Tony, so well, it was Tony's to begin with. I mean, it was Tony's. <laughs> to, that was probably true. <laughs> So there's one other fact from his past that I wanted to bring up as why I don't think it was suicide. And this is very much conjecture and like psychology, uh, of which I'm not a psychologist, but you are a scientist. I am a scientist. Um, his stepfather, who for all intents and purposes was his father. Mm -hmm. I mean, he knew the man when he was what, I think it was five years old yeah. when his mother and uh, stepfather got married. And I think he was... 20 when they got divorced but she told george because he was away with family when that happened she told george that his stepfather committed suicide oh, i forgot yeah. about that and again this man raised him for all of his childhood and young adult life or well adolescence mm -hmm. so he was his father because he never met his real father i yeah. don't think or you know maybe yeah he was an out of wedlock baby i think no or no he was a he was a pre-wedlock baby. He was, <laughs> there he was born five That's months into his parents' marriage, you know and then it ended very shortly after his birth. Scandal baby. But anyway, like, if he... And he didn't find out that his stepfather was actually still alive for yeah. many, many years later. So, again, this, this man raised him. It was his father. He finds that he committed suicide. I mean, that's got to affect you. Like, it's... You know, got to be very painful to, you know, like, I just lost a parent yeah. and to suicide. So I feel like that's something that would make a person much less likely to commit suicide themselves. Yeah. Totally but again, that's conjecture that. and psychology. I completely forgot about that. Good job, Katie. That's a good point. Good catch. <laughs> Come at me, bro. <laughs> I will say... He was uh, murdered. <laughs> dang it. <laughs> when I mentioned uh, that we were doing this... Um, to my dad, who's the one who has all the Superman things, he had only ever heard that he had killed himself because, like, the Superman persona had gotten, like, too big for him or something. Mm. So I thought it was interesting, like, what I go, I mean, my parents are in their 60s, so <laughs> they're maybe not the best temperature gauge for, like, what people think, but... I'm interested to know, like, what, when, because I had never heard of, I mean, I didn't know anything about George Reeves before I started looking into it, but I feel like we've had other cases where you mention it to someone and they just have a completely different, you know, a very vague idea of what happened. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, like, what the general consensus is of, of people thinking, did he, oh, he just killed himself because the Superman role got too big or he was typecast or something. Or he's just depressed and unhappy with his life. Yeah. I mean, I've been hella depressed and unhappy with my career, my personal life, <laughs> my relationship. All of it was real <laughs> shitty, and I was real depressed. And, uh... Same. You this know, like... 2014. Still here. <laughs> so... Yeah. But then there's been times where I'm like, well, you know, like, I've got two out of three, so that ain't bad. I can just be really <laughs> unhappy with my career or whatever. You know, it's fine. But you never truly know a person. You never truly know what's in their mind, what's on their heart, what they're going through, and yeah. how they feel about what they're going through. And you also never truly know if your ex-girlfriend is going to put a hit on you. That's actually true. true. So, moral of the story, I think, is 
watch, watch out for crazy yeah. exes. <laughs> don't date. Who, I don't know. It's, the, <laughs> it's honestly the all? biggest motivator ever, though. You know what I mean? It is. Revenge. It's crazy. What is it? Occam's razor? The simplest, simplest explanation is, is usually the correct one? Yeah. Which is what we're arguing now is which is the simplest explanation. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are literally arguing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I guess the simplest one is like, just take the scene at face value of he was supposedly alone in here. It looks like it's to suicide. But then also you've got all of this personal life drama with the crazy ex-girlfriend, the crazy current fiance. Yeah. And all the drunk people in your house. The thing about um, Tony's deathbed confession that I found so convincing, I'm assuming she was Catholic because yeah. I don't know. Why else are you confessing um, to a priest? Yeah, ba- us Baptists don't do deathbed <laughs> confessions as far as I'm aware. But um, the <laughs> the quote that I saw was that she wanted to make these confessions because she was absolutely terrified of going to hell. Yeah. Which is the most Catholic reason ever <laughs> to make these. So I'm like, well, okay, yeah, I can see that. Like, I can see that Catholic guilt getting in there and you getting real scared and you just having to say the worst things you've ever done in your life. I could see that. But, but at the same time, she had Alzheimer's and that's yeah, third party source. Like, because the priest that never actually true. came yeah. out and said that shit. It was just some guy oh, who he wrote can't. the article. I was say, are priests allowed to? No. Yeah, the priest the priest won't say the priest ain't gonna he say shit. Not allowed yeah. to. <laughs> and you know, also, yeah, a person with Alzheimer's, like she might be, well, re- get- she might be remembering, you know, just his death, and then also some of the theories, and like hearing that some people suspected her, and you know, maybe think that you know, get that confused yeah. with. She could have been thinking reality. about when Eddie killed his first wife and had her killed, and was just mixing them all up so <laughs> well i mean and lenore too she's no angel i guess like the the night that he died they were at the uh they were at a bar or whatever and she was basically just going around hitting on every fucking dude in there Oof. you it's know they came home to to hellion. that <laughs> yeah that might be why they fought i don't know yeah just a guess well i mean he he said she was <laughs> younger and she made him feel alive so maybe do we know young she was when we say younger because he was what 45 he was 45 i think he was about 45 yeah. when he yeah. died yeah for yeah. well he's Be- he was born in 14 and died in 59 so he's actually older than that yeah yeah, no, yeah. He's about and so that like idea. that's <laughs> on uh you know like in one article it said that you know there was a possibility of reprising Superman and that's something he actually wasn't looking forward to doing at 45. But then there was other articles that said he was looking forward to, you know, doing some more Superman or at least, you know, do some more directing and, you know, basically on the up and up. Yeah. All career wise. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm still up in the air on it, man, to be honest. (laughs) I'm fully decided. <laughs> I think Tony had him killed. You're fully invested, huh? <laughs> I'm very, yeah, yeah, I'm very invested now. And I'm, I'm also convinced that William Bliss was a character in that. Oh, yeah. He was not just some... If he was, craziest story ever for your night. And we're like, oh my gosh, I went to my neighbor's house for no reason. Like, <laughs> yeah. just, you know, out of nowhere. Also, my screen door just <laughs> about broke through and scared the shit out of me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, there's been times where, like, you're with a friend, and maybe you're not even, like, that good of friends, and you just kind of end up getting tagged along to, like, these random places and meeting these random people that you never see again. Definitely happened before, though, you know? That's true. Like, I've I've done that. (laughs) (laughs) You have a habit for (laughs) getting tagged along to fun adventures. I really wish the cops would re-interviewed everybody, though, when they were saving. Yeah, yeah. Although, I don't know how reliable memory... I don't know. I feel like the fact that everyone was drunk really kind of washes yeah, all of their stuff away. Because I think the reason they, why they just, like, accepted those statements is because they were actually all pretty, you consistent. know, on par with each other. Yeah. Um, but also, remember, Eddie not only had ties to the mob, but he was buddies with the uh, police chief as well. True story. And can make things like that go away so he could just be like all right yeah i heard uh george reeves is dead I'm like <laughs> yeah it looks like it could be a suicide but we're not quite sure no i'm pretty sure that pretty sure you are. you're gonna say it's a suicide <laughs> I'm like all right it's suicide yeah the uh the cops <laughs> actually said. back then when the mob started getting into la back in the back in the 30s they uh i mean it was they owned the city they owned the cops it was super corrupt mm-hmm. super corrupt yeah Thelma Todd, I did an episode on her, and that was the same scenario. It, it was just super, super weird. <laughs> super weird. It's mysterious, dude. It's mysterious. Mysterious circumstances. <laughs> Why you covered it. Pretty much, yeah. Um, I do have to ask before before I forget, have you covered um, the Kurt Cobain death? Because you mentioned it earlier, and I'm also 100%, 100% convinced that Courtney Love killed him. <laughs> and that he didn't kill himself, so just saying i didn't know if you brought it up could you i did a series on that um they actually just recently i think it was two days ago the fbi released all the files on um Mm -hmm. kurt cobain so Mm -hmm. it's a pretty interesting read and it goes a lot deeper than just his death talks about a lot a lot of other stuff too but i'm still kind of Still kind of fifty fifty on Kurt. Like I grew up with Nirvana, and I'm I'm a diehard Kurt, diehard Nirvana fan. Still, dude, there's a lot of things that don't add up forensically with yeah. his suicide. And I mean, everybody knew Kurt was depressed. For fuck's sake, dude, the guy was shooting. Oh, yeah. That dude That's was banging brand. so much fucking heroin, and like he had already had problems. Yeah. But at the same time, when you get into like the forensics of the crime scene, a lack of DNA, lack of prints. Stuff like that. Like like the suicide note and the suicide pen that he wrote the note with didn't have any DNA or prints on it. It's like, what the fuck is that? You know? Yeah. And so, like, it's one thing for, like, the George Reeves case to, you know, be very unconvincing forensically because they didn't have any yeah. forensics. They didn't, they didn't do anything, really. Yeah. Like, I mean, granted, sure, they didn't have all of the fancy technologies back then, but there's kind of no excuse for Kurt's death. Like, yeah. We not only had all those technologies or, you know, some of them that have definitely evolved more since then, but we had some of the basic stuff and, like, that was definitely a protocol. We at least knew to keep DNA this time. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well, the fact that the the investigation as a whole, man, was kind of a joke, like in Kurt Cobain's death anyway. And, like, I was always wanting the, uh, like, like an outsourced investigation because Mm. the, the local investigation just... It's it's not cut and dry for me, in my opinion. Like, yeah. you know, if the FBI came in and actually fully investigated it and went through shit and, like, talked to Courtney Love's dumbass, maybe, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe they could – if they came out and they're like, listen, we spent 
you know, thousands of hours investigating this, forensics, DNA, everything, blood spatter analysis, everything. And like, we're 100% sure he killed himself. I would accept that. But as it stands right now, I just can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Not in good Sorry conscience. Sorry to throw us off. <laughs> no, that's fine. Off topic at the very well, least. Chases in one. I just <laughs> well, and it's it, the sad thing is, is it's kind of it's it's almost relatable. You know what I mean? Like it is. There was no real yeah. investigation done in this case at all. You yeah. know, and I mean, yeah. the dude was cleaned and embalmed by the time he got to the coroner. I mean, it was yeah. It's just that's, a messed up. Nobody was reinterviewed ever. Where did they take him first? You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's I don't know. You would think. I would think that there would be more since he was such a – it was such a big thing. But I guess that suicide story was just convincing enough that everyone kind of left alone. I mean, maybe the cops were kind of busy that night. <laughs> they had other things to do. <laughs> like, let's just – you know, suicide. Let's just, you know, a lot less paperwork. Clean him and bob him. Send him to the – Get him out of here. They were doing surveillance <laughs> on Marilyn Monroe that night, so they had to – so they had to go, uh, you know. Kinda. Yeah, important things. Yeah. <laughs> Who was definitely fucking murdered, by the way. Oh, yeah. Mm, for 100%. sure. percent <laughs> Part two. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm just thinking of, like, more uh, mysterious deaths to uh, bring up next. Yeah. Well, this Ooh. was fun. This was fun. Good. I'm glad you guys had a good time. Thanks again. It was fun arguing this with you definitely... guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was fun arguing, but then also agreeing, and then arguing again. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's how she goes. I think we're all on the same train of where it's all going. Hell yeah. yeah. So do you want to tell everybody yeah. where they can find your social media and your podcast? That's Katie's oh, job. Shit. <laughs> yeah. She has a job. All right. Yeah, she has one job. Yeah. I don't just get to sit and drink wine all night. Uh, we are on Instagram at the Tales We Tell podcast. And in the Instagram bio, we've got a link tree that'll take you to our website, which is the Tales We Tell podcast.com. Which also, if anyone's not on social media, you can also see any photos and everything that we post related to episodes are on that website too. Uh, we've also got a Redbubble store for some sweet merch like we're both repping today. Mine's, Actually, sorry, mine's homemade. Yeah, I made that. <laughs> but you Can't go to <laughs> redbubble.com and search the tales we tell. And we also have a Patreon. Yeah. So. Outstanding. Please join it. Yeah. <laughs> Please be a patron. We would love yeah. patrons. We're uh, enticing, you know, the first handful of new patrons to uh, send us a little trinket or something for our little altar here. I don't know if you can see I it. I can, actually. Camera's kind of far away. It's pretty fancy. We normally have, yeah, we've got, you know, our little spooky stuff. I usually so. get sent alcohol from my listeners, to be honest. I mean, we are send also open to yeah. that. I mean, we drink wine mm-hmm. every week. Oh, the other thing with our Patreon is we are putting out bonus content for it. Sweet. That's always We weren't doing oh, yeah. that for... A, we didn't do... We didn't have a Patreon for a long time because we didn't have time to make bonus content. And we didn't right. want to ask people for money without yeah. giving them something extra. And we are now officially putting yeah. out pretty regular bonus content. Yeah. So We've got little extras and mini-sodes and, and goodies. So. And we have lots of stickers that we send people for free. Oh, yeah. If, if you want a sticker, we'll send you a sticker. Sounds good yeah. to me, man. I'll take stickers. Lots of stickers. <laughs> Love you came uh, highly recommended by Jerry, who said you were an asshole. <laughs> uh, I figured he'd say some shit like that. <laughs> no, I love Jerry. We've I think he might have said, tell that asshole hi for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me and Jerry, we've been friends for, hell man, probably about four years now, maybe three, three and a half, something nice. like that. And we do live shows together 
around different states and stuff like that. And we've been doing that for a couple of years with the exception of 2020, obviously, but yeah. we only had <laughs> one live show in 2020. It's, it was a great show. It was a great turnout, but it just wasn't the same, you know? So yeah, it is what it is, but yeah, Jerry's an asshole. Okay. So. We're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> He's a very nice asshole. Though. <laughs> he really is. Honestly, I tell people the same thing. Like I don't talk to too many podcasters. Like, Jerry, I always tell people the same thing. Like, Jerry and Tracy are two of the most genuine, nice people that you will ever meet, um, whether yeah, it be yeah. personally or in the regards to the podcast community. Yeah, I was going to say, they definitely Agreed. gave off that yeah. <laughs> yeah, that vibe. He, I think Jarek, my husband, actually called Jerry the day after we recorded with them and talked to him for like an yeah. hour just about <laughs> – podcast stuff and he was so yeah. gracious and so nice and i was like eh, it's like our podcast dad yeah me and jerry me and jerry <laughs> so go back and forth about stuff like that every now and then he'll be like hey have you heard about this you should check it out uh it's like oh thanks man i appreciate it but yeah usually we're just sending each other stupid shit you know through the like memes or as a true friendship yeah. should be yeah that's shit. real friends that's yeah, yeah we're exactly yeah we're actually i think we got one live show he's doing a whole texas tour um in the fall i think the one i'm i'm attached to is uh galveston we got a live show in galveston in october and and then uh we got the 2022 cruise that we're gonna do so that should be fun yeah sounds fun i think he said he had one in pigeon forge too oh yeah right? yeah that's that's forge. where we went uh <laughs> that's where we went last year it was awesome I love Eastern Tennessee and Eastern Kentucky and shit. I love it. My whole family is from East Tennessee. Like, that's where I spent all my summers and Christmases every year. That was home for me. Lucky. It's very pretty. The scenery is fucking amazing. Oh, yes. I love the Smokies when they're smoky. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Ladies, thank you. I probably got to (laughs) go. Yeah. Thank you again. Yeah, so much fun. fun, Yeah, we can do it again sometime if you want. Just let me know. We can do some paranormal shit. Have some fun. Yes, (laughs) we'll drink next time we do it. Yeah, I don't know why we weren't drinking this time. Because Cinco de Mayo party was yesterday. Oh, because we haven't eaten. Sorry, (laughs) we said that at the beginning. (laughs) Oh gosh. Okay. All right. Well. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on, and I hope you guys are. Thanks for having me on too. I suppose. (laughs) So. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Cool. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Later, man. Bye.